Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Yes, welcome. I'm Anne from New Glasgow. I'm Simone in Vancouver. And I'm Deb in Halifax. And this month's book is Lucky by Canadian author Marissa Stapley. Lucky Armstrong is a tough, talented grifter who has just pulled off a million-dollar heist with her boyfriend, Carrie. She's ready to start a brand new life with a new identity when things go sideways. Lucky finds herself alone for the first time, navigating the world without the help of either her father or her boyfriend, the two figures from whom she's learned the art of the scam. When she discovers that a lottery ticket she bought on a whim is worth millions. Her elation is tempered by one big problem. Cashing in the winning ticket means she'll be arrested for her crimes. She'll go to prison with no chance to redeem her fortune. As Lucky tries to avoid capture and make a future for herself, she must confront her past by reconciling with her father, finding her mother, who abandoned her when she was just a baby, and coming to terms with the man she thought she loved whose dark past is catching up with her, too. This is a novel about truth, personal redemption, and the complexity of being good. And I wanted to start with the question that's on the very back of the book, at the very top. It says, what if you had the winning ticket that would change your life forever, but you couldn't cash it in? And it was such (laughs) an intriguing concept. So, Simone, well, first of all, what did you both think of the book? I really enjoyed this one. For me, I picked it up and I just couldn't put it down. I actually ended up finishing it in two days just from the the start. It just kind of had me drawn into it. And by the time I got to the end, I had a few unanswered questions that and those are the kind of books that are good because you're left with but I want to know more about this, but I want to know more about this. But uh, no, I thought it was, uh, it was great. It's a nice, easy read. So I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, the the same, a a quick read, a a great one. And, um, and I like the, the back and forth between sometimes it can get a little confusing and maybe not a lot of people are into like the flashbacks, like, okay, are we present day or when did this happen? But I think it was an easy transition between what Mm -hmm. had happened and then getting back to present day. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But my goodness, there was so much going on. And what would you do if you had the winning ticket? That would change your life forever, but you couldn't cash it in. Like, what what would you do when you first read about, like, what the book was about? Did you think about, like, what would I do if I was in this situation? Yeah, and I think Lucky had that thought a few times where I thought I would give it to somebody else and let them go cash it in. But then the worry is, is it a person you trust? Are they just going to take off with your money? Because I've thought about that, you know, in my own world of what if you win and you want to be anonymous and then, you know, you have to hold up those big checks and everybody knows your name and then you're like, everybody's going to be asking you for something. So it's like, who would you put in your place? Like, I would think for me, I would would choose my mom. Then again, she's... She didn't have that option. So it was like she didn't really have that person in her life that could cash it for her. And if and she wasn't able to do it. So that would be like the biggest nightmare ever to be in that situation. Deb, what do you think? Well, it's funny, Simone. I have my mom on a list of who I would give the ticket to as well. <laughs> and then a couple of other, you know, very close friends. Um, but I, I kind of feel like I, I'm always thinking about that anyway. I will, you know, not not every week, but every once in a while when the, the lottery is, is pretty high, I will pick up a, a ticket or two. And 
even after I know what the winning numbers are, I'll just hold on to the ticket, just kind of dreaming and thinking like, what if, what if, how do you handle this? How does it, how does it work? Um, but to actually win and not be able to cash in on it, I don't know. I, I, I think we're all dreamers. So I think perhaps a good number of us might be okay. But but if you're down in the dumps and, you know, nothing is working out for you in life, I think it would be such an incredible struggle. Yeah. And what was interesting when you were going through the book to every person she encounters or every person that was in her came through in her life, can they be trusted? <laughs> Are they on the up and up? It yeah. always felt like there was something a little off about everyone. Like even with the Reese character, I'm like, can she be trusted? Is she okay? And, like, and I was always very aware of where the lottery ticket was. Is she, because she would put it like in her shirt or she'd have it like on her person or whatever. And I just, I thought, oh my goodness, I would be, I'd sleep with it. In, I think I'd tape it to my hand and never let it go. Like, oh. <laughs> and then of course she did. But that's another story. We'll get to that later. Um, early in the book, Lucky's dad says, what matters in one moment, it doesn't matter the next. The things that fall apart eventually come back together again. Everything passes you can be sure of that. That's on page 27 for anybody who would like to refer to that. But what do you think of this advice? Why do you think John wanted Lucky to believe this? And Deb, we'll start with you on this one. Well, do you know what? I, I actually think it's pretty good advice. He's not completely wrong in that thinking, but perhaps he wanted Lucky to believe it so that they, they didn't have to dwell on the wrongs he had made, mm. his hustling through life with a child as his sidekick. I, I think he believes that everyone in life does some sort of hustling, so don't focus on doing the wrong thing. We can't change the past, because then he'd have to admit that his actions you know, hurt a lot of people along the way, and sometimes life does come full circle. So I think there's there's a lot of truth, and I think a lot of people can take what he said and look at their own life, but not to the extremes of, you know, what type of life they lived. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Simone? I think it's great advice as well. You know, like you think about even being in high school or if you've dealt with a loss in your family, um, the moment you're in it is the worst moment or the worst thing you're going through. And then eventually you do, you get past it or you learn how to deal with it and cope with it. So I always try to go back in time and think about those things that mattered the most. And especially now when I start to to get anxious or stress about something, I just think, you know what, in the end of the day, is this going to matter next year? Is this going to matter in five years? No, it's not. Because again, if life brings you to it, life will take you through it. And that's just, I think that's kind of how it is, is when you're in the thick of something, it's, it's really hard. But once you've kind of moved forward, it does pass. Yeah, and I, I think it was a way of he was also justifying it to maybe him, himself that because he was sort of dragging Lucky along through all of these scams and things that he was doing. Like she she was his daughter. She was young. What what other choice did she have in, in those moments? And I don't think he wanted her to carry around the burden of what they were doing to others. Like he just was like, OK, it'll it'll pass. You know, I know you feel bad right now, but but obviously it's something she carried with her to adulthood and. Um, something else that happened along the way when she was a bit older in her 20s, Lucky got a dog. 
named Betty. And Betty is present in many parts of the book. What do you think is Betty's significance in Lucky's life? And Simone, we'll we'll keep going with you on this one. Well, Betty is the one constant in her life who's always there. Every time she sees Betty, I think she has that feeling that she has somebody in her life. So many people have come in and gone. She has so many questions that are answered. But this is the one that's been there, you know, through some of the harder moments in her life. And I think it brings her joy because she doesn't have a lot of things that bring her joy. Even though she's got this million dollar ticket burning a hole in her pocket, she's had Mm -hmm. such a rough life. I think the dog is just something that will kind of take her into, you know, how many ever years she has the dog. And it's a little bit of family. It's a little bit of, of home when she doesn't really have a home, you know? Yeah, for sure. I I love how you said her like her constant, her constant companion. And I know that because I have a dog named Hemi who mm-hmm. I love very much. Yeah. And no matter what the day, like if it's good, bad, otherwise, you come home, <laughs> Hemi is just just happy you're there. You know what I mean? Like it's it loving her no matter what. No matter what she does, no matter who she scams, Betty is there with her and uh, keeps her keeps her grounded. I think a bit as well. Deb, what about you? Did you did you connect with the uh, character of Betty, <laughs> the dog? I did. Oh <laughs> yeah. dear, Betty. Yeah, Betty. So many things. Betty's love, guidance, comfort. I think she might actually represent a little bit of Lucky's own character as well. How you know the the dog started out life not knowing about survival, just like Lucky as, as a baby, um, finding home. What was what was going to happen? Confused about what home is, and then remembering to not give up hope. So I, I think there there's yeah. so many comforting and wonderful things about Betty. But I think it's it's a little bit of a reflection of of who Lucky might see, you know, and and that person that sometimes the only person she can trust, even though she questions it, is herself. Yep. I I must tell you the part where um, Lucky and Carrie are at the gas station, it's in the first few chapters, and there's a mention of how they had lost Betty. (laughs) I was like, this dog has to be okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I was pretty stressed out about it. I'm like, and Carrie Uh, knows where this dog is. I just knew it. And of course he mm -hmm. did. His mom took the dog. And I knew as soon as she went to Priscilla's, I sort of figured that part out. I was like, I bet it's Betty. And then it was. And I was just like, thank goodness. <laughs> um, what did you make of Margaret Jean's character? And does she bear any semblance to the book's main characters? And Deb, what do you think about about Margaret Jean? Because she's she's with us at the very beginning and she's with us at the end. I still like to to learn more about Sister Margaret Jean. <laughs> right. Yes. She, Her own she, story. Oh my goodness! I think there's still so much more to unravel. She's she's definitely very similar to the main character. She wants to do good. She can do good. But is her version of good going to help or harm a situation? I think there's just there's so much that we we still need to know about her. Yeah, that's the cool thing about this book is that all these characters. They could all have their own book. (laughs) 
Exactly. Like, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a mystery in it in everyone. What about you, Simone? What do you think of Margaret Jean's character, Sister Margaret Jean? I think exactly. She was very similar to the main characters because she had some kind of a shady background and path. And it just it reminds you that or just makes you realize you just never really know someone's full story. If you meet someone, you don't know what they've gone through or what they've done to get to where they are. Not that not saying everybody's like that, but you just really never know. But I think in the end, she redeemed herself. She wanted to do that. And I think she came a long way and once she had done some wrong, she wanted to right them. And I think that's kind of how lucky was in the end that she just she had done a lot of wrongs, but she was really looking forward to changing and finding that redemption in herself as well. I'm just going to throw this question out there just because there were so many characters that we met along the way. Were there any characters in particular that were a favorite or that you wanted to find out more about? Like, like say, Sister Margaret Jean Simone? Was there any other characters that you're like, oh, this is interesting? Well, I really enjoyed the time they spent with Darla and Stephanie. And I was hoping there could be something that all formed in the end where it was one big happy family and they would, you know, find each other. In that moment, she went to that open house and was there and it kind of just ended. And I was like, wait a minute, are they going to patch things up? Is she ever going to really tell her? And I know she used the word kismet and I think Stephanie knew or maybe thought about it later. But I was really hoping that... I could know a little bit more about those two and uh, and was really hoping that they would all find each other at the end, if not John in the mix, like the three of them, you know, and she could tell her mm-hmm. story and maybe they would all accept her and she'd have a little piece of that as well. Yeah. What about you, Deb? Was there any characters that showed up along the way? You're like, oh, that person's interesting. Yeah, I, I'd have to say the same. Um, I, I and maybe maybe at some point down the road we'll find out more about those two. But yeah, I was I was hopeful yeah. that there would be a little more. But also, um, Reese, we I mean we we get to know her, but we still don't know. Uh, I, I think we we know the gist of of her life, but I'd still like to get into a little deeper with her character. Mm, yes. And Carrie, is he and like Carrie. a guy that can be redeemed? Yeah. I, I didn't feel like he'd never loved her. Like I never I never quite got that from him, even though the description of him wasn't favorable from others. But I think that he really did care for her. He just didn't know any other way. Sort of like Lucky, but Lucky always had it in her that she wanted to do better and be better. Carrie just sort of lacked that part. He was just like, well, this is just the way it is and we'll carry on. I hope that uh, maybe there'll be another part to this book because as you say, Simone, you want to find out more, right? How does it all end? It would never work for them because he's just too much of a mama's boy and if they were together, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, and there's another character, Priscilla. Oh boy. She scares me. (laughs) She wasn't very nice to the dog. No. And that says a lot. Right. Yeah. You can see it playing out, though, like a TV series or a movie. Right. And I think I think that I want to say Disney or something option this. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. It is happening. Yes, it is going to be hitting TV at some point. All the details, I'm not quite sure, but it's coming. I look forward to watching it. And throughout the book, we see Lucky trying to find normalcy in her life and then return to stealing. At the end, though, she seems to have found some safety and stability 
Do you think she is done stealing for good? Did you get that sense? Or will the cycle start over again? So, Deb, what do you think? How did you feel when the book came to an end? Oh, wow. Well, the ending was something else, wasn't it? Um, I I do want to believe that she is done with the old path of stealing. But, oh, boy, it'll be hard to shake if that's all you've ever known. I think the temptation will always be there, but if she can find the help, the therapy, and maybe allow herself to see that, you know, things can work out for the better in a new form of luck, I think she'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Simone? Do you think it's going to go good for Lucky or not so lucky? I don't know. I feel like this would be her opportunity to right her wrongs, but I also feel like her mom got got her out of the jam and her mom could get her out of possible other jams as well. So I don't know if, uh, you know, she's going to lean on that and, and think that now she has someone to help her through her problems if she gets into them or if she just kind of grows into being better and doing better for herself. So again, a little bit open-ended for me at the end, just thinking about kind of not having those questions answered. Yeah, I must say, though, like we had mentioned this off the top, but it was such a nice like sort of it almost reminded me like a a great beach read. The only thing missing in all of this was me actually being on a beach reading this book (laughs) because (laughs) it moved. It was very quick paced and it moved along pretty good. And it was just, as you say, what do you read it in a day or two? I don't know. Deb, I I assume you read it like this morning. uh, (laughs) I did. I did. I finished it this morning for sure. (laughs) But it was. It last just, night, finished this morning. I know this is our, like, uh, a spring read for us, but if anybody's looking for a great summer read, Lucky is perfect. It's so awesome. And as you can see, our questions have led to more questions. So we have some questions for the author. We're going to be catching up with Marissa Stapley and see if we can get some of these burning questions answered from the author herself. Hi, Marissa. It's Simone calling from the Relaxing Reads podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. We're joined also by Anne and Deb, and I know you spoke with all of us uh, during the holiday swap as well. Yes. We all loved the book and uh, had a few questions. So we'll start with um, Anne um, and her questions that followed by Deb and then myself. Okay. Well, so nice to talk to you again, Marissa. This is our second chat, and I'm full of questions again. Loved Lucky. (laughs) Loved it. And my only only complaint that I said was I wasn't reading it on a a beach somewhere. Like, it was just, (laughs) oh, it was just a perfect beach read. And I hear you were inspired to write the book after hearing a conversation on the radio where the hosts were chatting about an unclaimed lottery ticket. And we're hosts of a podcast, but we're all hosts of radio shows as well. And I can tell you probably that Deb and Simone will agree with me on this. This sounds like something we would talk about for sure. (laughs) So can you share the story of how this novel came to be, the idea came to you, and how that you got the idea to paper? Yes. So I was away with my family. We were on a ski trip, actually, in in Ellicottville in New York. So it was an American radio station. And the reason, and I was trying to remember, because sometimes you, like, I have all these ideas, and I was like, was it here? But I realized it couldn't have been Canadian because we don't have 300 and something million dollar lottery. (laughs) I wish. Yeah. I know. Um, So, and yeah, we just pulled up to the the, um, ski hill. And I do remember listening and I knew we had to get out of the car and get all get our ski stuff on but I was like oh my ears really perked up because these radio hosts were were speculating and kind of going beyond the you know the, this lottery was 
was one, and nobody has claimed it yet, to speculating about why people don't claim lottery tickets. Um, so all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, sometimes people forget they, they bought the ticket. Sometimes they unfortunately pass away or lose the ticket or it's stolen. Uh, and then one of them said, or, you know, I heard sometimes um, somebody could be wanted for a crime and they can't come forward. And I immediately just grabbed onto that and thought, oh, gosh, that there is a story. Um, and at the time, I was trying to actually think of a TV show idea because I've, um, I'd wanted to get into TV writing. So in my mind, this was a TV show idea. But I didn't have a character. I just had a plot. Uh, so I sat with it for a few months. And then, honestly, one day... Happened to be taking, I was on a bus going somewhere, which Lucky ends up taking lots of uh, bus trips. And it felt like Lucky sat down beside me. It was like, I'm your character for the lottery ticket story. Here I am. I'm a con artist. And and it just, that's how it started. Went from there. It's, I love that how the idea came to you. And you did mention you were thinking about a TV story initially. There are some rumors going around that this will be made into a TV series. Is that in the works right now? Yes. So there, it is in the works. And unfortunately, I can't um, say anything else <laughs> right at the moment. <laughs> but it is certainly in the works. And I'm very much hoping that there will be uh, news that I can share soon because it's very exciting. Yes, well, please keep us posted. I was reading through it. I was like, oh, this is a perfect TV show. I absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. And loved Lucky. She's an unconventional heroine, to say the least. But, you know, she was committing crimes and such. But she also had a Robin Hood quality into what she was doing. So when you were writing Lucky, was it your hope that the reader would root for her, even though she was committing these crimes? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, And you really hit the nail on the head there. I, I needed the character to root for her. And I would talk about it with my agent or early readers or my editor just about the idea that what we needed most from our reader, because I think all authors do do need something from their reader. Um, what I needed was the was the reader to root for her. I needed the reader to want her to win the lottery. That was kind of the whole point, that you should be turning those pages and wanting her to get to that finish line. Um, so that is why she, she has some of the qualities she does. Uh, and I just really didn't want anyone to feel funny about rooting for her because I know it's an interesting reading or TV watching experience to root for someone, you know, like Walter White or someone who is morally um, in a gray area. And that that didn't feel especially new to me either. We've kind of done that, right? And we've done the Gone Girl and we've done where you're entertained by something, but you're feeling funny about rooting for that person. And I just, I wanted it to feel good to, to root for Lucky. Even though she it really did feel good. Girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of do my own con artist trick there too but <laughs> <laughs> even though she was a criminal no do you, yeah. when you write when you write your stories the novels and whatnot do you ha- do you picture like um like a, a movie actor or tv actor in your head who could play the the character do you picture them i'm always curious about that because i know i i sort of think i sort of had reese witherspoon in my mind and i know simone (laughs) has your uh has a question about reese coming up but i think it's because Uh reese loved your book so much that's what she was in my brain when i was reading your book yeah that's funny i do i mean i for lucky i i didn't i i did not have a specific actress in my mind although i have with other books but I pictured after I watched The Queen's Gambit, um, I really pictured an oh, actress yes. like Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. But, but that was actually 
after the book had come out. It was funny because I was like, oh, that would be her. Um, but the whole time I pictured Lucky's father, John, as Tony Goldwyn. Like he was really like sort of a like a bit of a rumpled, faded, but like super charming version of, of Tony Goldwyn. So, so yes, well, certain actors too pop in my head when I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah, well, loved Lucky. Thank you so much for sharing this Thank book with you. us. And I'm going to hand you over, I believe, to Deb now with the next with the next okay. couple of questions. Thanks, Marissa. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, Marissa. So the book was dedicated to your mother, Valerie, who has since passed away. And our condolences. So so sorry for your loss. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Were Were you able to share Lucky's story with her? And if so, what what did she think about it? I was. So she she was not well while I was writing and um she was very inspiring. My she was such a huge cheerleader of, of my career and so when she got sick she she was very intense that I keep writing and that if I was going to continue to drop everything to take care of her I would not let anything derail my writing career, which was important to me, but she was more important. But then she would say to me, but this is more important to me, so you have to keep writing. And I, I of course, had to do anything she wanted. So I kept writing. I, I, I actually switched and, and started writing Lucky um, instead of a, another book I was working on and got it done in time for her to, to read it, which was great. She loved it. Um, she just loved it. And, it. and I think it said something to me about Lucky and her power to entertain and distract because she really wasn't well at the time when she read it and she still just breezed through it and, and found it just to be so entertaining. Oh, and did your mom and do you believe in luck? I mean, I don't think I do because my mom d- did not, was not lucky <laughs> in what happened. Yeah. And um, so, but I mean, it's been such a such an interesting ride with this book because, you know, of course it was born out of so much loss, but then everything that has happened since has been this series of, you know, I think it's hard to say lucky breaks because I've been working hard for a long time and it's an entertaining book. So it's not just a lucky bolt from the blue that it was, you know, a Reese's pick, but still it's just, it's very, very, there's so many great books out there that don't get the breaks that, that this book has gotten. So I, I feel it and, and believe it now. Um, but it, yeah, I have a funny relationship with luck just because of also having lost what I did. Hmm. And, you know, with with so many scammers and, and hustlers around us today, I, I guess there have always been that group of people, but it can be very difficult to know who to trust as many have made a living out of scamming and grifting. Did you find that you started to believe the characters' lies? Because I think when you know somebody who's into that sort of thing, they start to believe their own lies as, it, you know, they try to keep up with themselves. Was it easy to keep adding to the deception of the characters? I think so. I mean, I was never believing their lies because I was sort of behind, you know, pulling the puppet strings. And I I know exactly who my characters are. So I'm working on a new book now and kind of getting to know the character. And I know the things that she's trying to hide and the things that she's hoping that other people won't figure out about her. So I always knew those things about Lucky and all of my characters. Um, so they couldn't fool me. <laughs> but yeah. I, I really wanted them to be able to to fool everyone else. And I think in Lucky's case, in, in certain ways, she also sometimes fooled herself, you know, and that's, that was part of her journey um, was, to, was to come out on the other side of that. Uh, well, these characters are great. They have so many layers, don't they? <laughs> uh, yes. 
Hi, Marissa. Simone here. Um, I know uh, Anne briefly touched on um, Reese Witherspoon uh, and her casting. I thought Isla Fisher, because if I'm thinking redhead with the curls, I was like, oh, uh, I could picture oh, yeah. her. She's, mm-hmm. she's got a bit of that like charm but feisty personality. Um, what was it like when you found out or how did it come? How did you come to know that this was a selection for Reese's Book Club? So I found that out in September. So Lucky came out in Canada in April of last year, so just about one year ago. And the the U.S. release was delayed for a variety of reasons. It was coming out on December 7th. So right at the beginning of September, my agent um, and editor asked me if I wanted to go for dinner and celebrate Lucky's release which was, you know, belated because we hadn't been able to get together because of the pandemic. So I didn't really think too much of it. Um, But then when I got there to the restaurant, there was champagne on the table and they were obviously excited about something. And I really had no idea what it could possibly have been. It never even crossed my mind that something like this uh, could happen for Lucky. It was the first time a Reese's pick, a, a Canadian author was picked for Reese's Book Club. And so my agent started recording with her phone as my editor started saying, okay, we have really good news for you. And told me the news and I just immediately started to cry. Everyone in the restaurant was staring at us. Uh, and it just was this incredibly wonderful moment um, at, at which point everything really did change for me and my career. And I had to keep it a secret for three months. So I told my husband and kids and we just had to sit there with this lottery ticket, basically. There you go, your hidden lottery <laughs> ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And now talking about, you know, Reese's picks, I know that you often, uh, for Marissa's picks, promote and chat a lot about Canadian authors. I know we're going to read Sonia Singh's Sorry Not Sorry up next. Okay. Um, what are some other, you know, books that that are on your list to read right now or that you're considering? So Samantha Bailey has a book out today called Watch Out for Her, and she's another incredible champion of Canadian authors and a great member of the community. Um, I recently really enjoyed uh, Danielle Daniels' Daughters of the Deer. Um, Jamila Green Ruins Everything is another one that was fantastic. Um and now I'm just looking at my to-be-read pile. I think that that is... Oh, and there's a wonderful wellness book out by Asha Frost called You Are the Medicine, which is just an incredible sort of harnessing the moon's energy and, and helping us just become calmer, better people, which we all need right now. And that's a Canadian author I love. So there's so much. I mean, Canadian, Canadian authors are... We have so many great, great, great authors. And I'm, I'm always happy to sing their praises. I'm glad to hear it. We'll definitely have to add some of those to our list as well. As always, Marissa, thank you so much for chatting with us. Uh, we all really love the book. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank Bye, you. Marissa. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.